Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, this is the most serious show that I've done to date. On the banks of the Rio Grande in Eagle Pass, Texas, National Guard soldiers are under orders to hold off federal troops and federal agents, something that hasn't happened in well over 70 years. Governor Greg Abbott is defying Biden and the feds, and he's simply not doing it with words. He's using strong actions. And here, listen carefully. Some of you may remember that I said anything was possible in 2024. Well, this is maybe that anything. Is it possible that this can be the catalyst that can push the Biden administration to implement martial law throughout the country? We have a federal versus state showdown, a first in a generation that can possibly escalate into martial law. I don't know about you, but that's frightening. Martial law is the replacement of civilian government by military rule, and it suspends all civil and legal processes for military powers in its place. Now, you may be surprised to know, I know I was when I looked this up, uh, that martial law has been used over 60 times throughout the nation. And nine of those times, it was involving the state of Texas. Tell me that's not something to make you think twice. Texas and Governor Abbott are blocking federal patrol, uh, border patrol agents from accessing a part of the border which is involved in the highest... Um, crossover for illegal aliens into this country right now. The governor sealed that part of the border, and he put in a bunch of razor wire, which made it nearly impossible for people to you know, get through and onto this side into the United States. But the Biden administration is painting it as if uh, the, the, this is a dangerous thing to do because it prevents these poor, helpless illegals from crossing into America. Um, but the real issue is what's brewing beneath all this. It's been happening. This border issue has been going on for decades in the United States. Republicans know that the Biden administration is not trying at all to stop illegal crossing into the United States. In fact, the Biden administration is claiming that the border is closed, but yet we know it's wide open. And the proof of that is obvious throughout the nation right now. We have cities like New York, Chicago, Seattle, and other places complaining about the number of migrants that they have in, in their cities. And, and of course, all they want is more money. Uh, but the point is they know that there are too many people coming. Republicans want to limit the number of people coming into America so as to not overwhelm the country, which we are overwhelmed at this point, definitely. Now, that makes sense. You would think that would be something that would be common sense to all people, but it's not. So the heart of the issue actually boils down to control by the Democrats 
uh, of the border because what they want to do is bring in as many illegal people into this nation as possible, bring them into the larger cities across and around the nation so that in the future, these become Democrat voters. And as you know, uh, many of the larger cities like New York City, they just implemented uh, uh, a law that makes it uh, possible for uh, illegals to vote in local elections. Now, some of us might not think much of that, but voting in a local election is the first step to voting in a national election. But even if they can only vote locally, they end up voting in people like Ilan Omar and other people like this who hate our country. And that's why it's dangerous. So no one is fooled by the false flags um, that the Democrats are raising, saying that we're ruthless and we're cruel people because we don't want um, immigrants in our nation. No, we do want immigration in our country, but you know, we want it to be something that's a little more orderly, a little more controlled. And U.S. citizens placing um, a degree of importance and significance on becoming a citizen, that should be something we should all be happy with. That should be something that you and I, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter, we should all look forward to. But let's face it, most of the time, these illegal immigrants coming to this nation are coming from a hellhole. They're coming from a place where life is terrible. And people there are not enjoying life. So they want a better life. And of course, America is the place to go. But there is a legal route to get here. We want to get people here that want to assimilate into America. What we don't want to happen is what's been happening since the Obama administration. People are coming here, and instead of um, leaving their you know, prior country behind, they bring their flags and are waving their flags here in America and dissing America, and really, they don't have respect for America. In fact, some even hate this nation, like Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, uh, Yana Presley. Uh, these are what I call phony Americans. They actually hate America, and they hate what we stand for. So the Biden administration says that they have the constitutional right to regulate immigration. And they're arguing that the Border Patrol agents actually have uh, precedent. They have power over Texas and whatever the Texas governor decides to do. The Department of Homeland Security um, has been using the recent unfortunate tragedy there where a woman and her two children drowned uh, trying to cross the river uh, getting into the United States. And of, of course, nobody wants to see things like that happen, of course. And people are desperate to get to America. We understand that. We're not cruel. We're not ruthless people. But we know that when we have a border like it is now out of control, Unfortunately, there's going to be deadly things that have happened. This is not the first woman or child that has died, unfortunately, under Biden's watch. We've got many people who have died, innocent Americans, as a matter of fact, who have died at the hands of illegal aliens coming into this nation. So I believe this is going to bring about a showdown. I have a lot of contacts around the country. One of them, in fact, from Texas, in Texas, uh, gave me, well... Gave me a little lesson, and uh, we had a nice discussion yesterday, and I want to quote something that was said by this guy. Very loud, very um, heartfelt 
um, desire to see America uh, at the top of its game. These people love America. So here's a quote. Here it is. I have many friends, ex-military, militia type, men and women, who are more than willing to lay down their lives to protect Texas and to protect our country. Now, this is from an American patriot, friends. And this is a strong sentiment all across the fruited plain right now. Now, back in 1957, okay, this is uh, a year after I was born, Dwight D. Eisenhower in the state of Arkansas had a showdown over school desegregation. Federal troops were sent to enforce the U.S. government's authority. The result was not good. It wasn't one of the best moments in the United States history. Today, if something like that would occur, um, I believe it would have deadly consequences. I don't think it would be a good thing for America to live through. The Department of Homeland Security said, quote, conflict with the authority and duties of Border Patrol under federal law and improperly seek to regulate the federal government is what Governor Abbott has been trying to do. So in other words, Homeland Security is saying Governor Abbott is basically taking over control where the federal government should have control. And this is the disagreement. This is really what it comes down to, what it's all about. The Supreme Court considered this question of state and federal power back in 2012, talking about the border. And the court partially struck down an anti-immigration state law in Arizona, but it upheld provisions allowing the local police to order anyone that they suspect of being undocumented to turn over their papers to prove who they are. And so in essence, um, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the federal government because, you know, local police, what can they do other than ask for your papers and find out who you are? They couldn't deport them. So today we have the same, you know, problem. We have a Supreme Court, but this time it's a much more conservative court. And hopefully, if it does get to the Supreme Court, and I'm hoping it does, because I would hate to see this escalate beyond uh, where it is right now. But if it does get there, I'm hoping that the outcome would be different because we have a much uh, stronger conservative court right now. So ever since this broke uh, just a few days ago, there are now uh, 26 states across the nation that are backing Texas. Some of them sending or willing to send uh, their National Guard troops to Texas. Um, my friends, this is a, wow, this is an escalation that, well, it goes beyond anything I could think of. And, and it, it frightens me. I don't know about you, but it, it frightens me um, because I don't want to see an escalation of that sort right now. This is 2024 leading into an election year. What do you think the Biden administration can do with an escalation like that? Well, just as I said, they could do just about anything. And will they? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. In a 5-4 decision on Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court permitted Border Patrol agents to continue cutting razor wire in order to allow the better flow of illegals uh, crossing the border, which doesn't make sense. I mean, why would they do this? 
uh, I've read into this. I've looked at some other people. I looked at some constitutionalists and, and see what they had to say. And everybody seems to be guessing that this temporary order, which is all this is, um, is to give them, buy them more time to really look deeper into this subject. See, the, the Supreme Court has been reluctant to rule on the border issue for decades. And even though we have a more conservative court right now, they still are somewhat reluctant to rule on this. And the, the Biden administration has basically been saying what Democrats have been saying for decades, the same thing. The border's broken and we need comprehensive border reform. About an unsustainable border, what they're calling a crisis. Why can't this be accomplished during this administration? Well, so there is no question that our immigration system is broken. And so much so that we, as the first bill that we offered after our inauguration was to fix the immigration system, which included what we must do to create a pathway for citizenship mm -hmm. and to put the resources that are needed into the border. Well, just like Biden, yesterday he spoke and said these words. L let me quote. Let's be clear. What's been negotiated would, if passed into law, be the highest toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country. It would give me, as president, a new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. And if given that authority, I would use it the day I signed the bill into law. Yeah, sure. Further, Congress needs to finally provide the funding. Ah, there it is. <laughs> the funding I requested in October to secure the border. This includes an additional 1,300 Border Patrol agents, 375 uh, immigration judges, 1,600 asylum officers, and over 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl at our southwest border. Securing the border through these negotiations is a win for America. Boy, that sounds uh, almost reasonable, doesn't it, coming from Biden? Um, it sounds like what most in middle America might say, well, that, that's, that's kind of reasonable. But just like uh, the abomination that was passed uh, for health care, uh, Obama health care, um, we were told that we couldn't find out what's in the bill until it passed. Nancy Pelosi might remember that. Has anybody really bothered to read this bill? Most of us as Americans, of course not. We haven't had time. We didn't bother trying to search it out and look it up. And the, the same thing with many in Congress. They haven't really read the bill. Well, the bill's name is called the U.S. Citizenship Act. U.S. Citizenship Act. I thought this was about border control. See, they're getting more and more bold even in the names. Usually they would make it some kind of you know generic name that sounds great to everybody. Um, and then hide the truth inside the bill. Well, now they just start right off with the truth. Hey, U.S. Citizen Citizenship Act. But the assumption that Biden's bill would actually close the border is improving in this legislation the way it's written. In fact, it's just the opposite. There will be no closing of the border. It's all about amnesty and a pathway to citizenship. There is hardly anything in this bill about preventing illegals from migrating into the country. 
it's actually going to, in fact, increase the number of people arriving at the southern border and not reduce the number. That's why he wants more border agents. Do you get it? The cookie monster growing bigger. More and more federal employees. So here's some highlights of the bill. Very important. Number one, it's going to create an earned roadmap. Earned. Earned roadmap. How the heck do illegals earn anything? An earned roadmap to citizenship for undocumented individuals. That's what they call them, undocumented. And this allows illegals to gain temporary legal status. So immediately upon entry into the country, they get temporary legal status. They can apply for a green card within five years, three years after they're getting their green card. Okay, so within eight years, uh, they can then become citizens. Further, you got to read into this. Okay, see, that sounds reasonable. Eight years to become a citizen. No, that's not bad. Yeah, but we're giving them their green card pretty quickly. But here's the key. Dreamers and TPS holders, you may not know what that is, temporary protected status. That is the key. See, they can give temporary protected status to everybody. Because people who are coming through the border are saying, well, I had to leave my country because I'm being persecuted uh, religiously or, you know, personally or I can't get work or whatever. And they tag these people, the government, our government tags them as TPS holders. And we give them a card that shows them to be a temporary protected status in the United States. So we have dreamers, TPS holders, and immigrant farm workers. Okay, so if you're a farm worker, you're eligible for green cards immediately, day one. Come into the country, get a green card. Get a green card, go get a driver's license. Get a driver's license, get the right to vote in a local city election. My friends, this is what it's all about. I don't know. Oh, and the government is, is replacing the term alien. No longer can we say illegal alien. We have to say non-citizen. Non-citizen. Uh, another part of the bill says this, keeping families together. It's highlighted in bold. Uh, this section works to speed up the ability for people who come in the country illegally, okay, who now have temporary status as a citizen, uh, to bring their relatives from their nation to America. It speeds up the process. So we get one, no, no, no. We get three or four or five or 10 or how many people are in their family because it doesn't define family. It leaves it open. Here's another highlighted point. Promote immigration and refugee integration and citizenship. What? As I read the sentence, here's what it does. It gives a lot of money to Democrat-friendly NGOs. You may not know what that is either, and that's okay. An NGO is a non-governmental agency. And you need to know this because NGOs are the ones who are taking the people, once they come through the border, so they come through the razor wire, right? They, they get beyond, they get into the United States. The Border Patrol agents put them on a bus or they get transportation, whatever. They are immediately put in touch with an NGO, a non-governmental uh, organization. The people in the NGO are private contractors, United States people, by the way, okay? They're using this loophole to make a whole lot of money. And they're taking these people and they are helping them by giving them cards that will allow them to get food, uh, water, shelter, whatever, uh, and um, 
transportation to whatever city they want to go to. (laughs) Tell me this is not wrong. Another highlighted point in this bill is grow our economy. Grow our economy? Oh, sure. By expediting the green card availability for anyone who wants to work in the United States, legal or illegal. So basically, everybody crossing the border is going to get a green card. Because all they got to say is, I want to work, or I'm a, I'm, you know, I feel threatened and I need to be protected. That's all they have to do. Or if they're a farmer. <laughs> that basically covers everybody coming across the border. So instead of erecting borders to control our country, instead of putting up walls and things like that, um, the, Bi- the Biden administration is focusing on the ability to process migrants more quickly. And they want to provide more oversight to the Border Patrol, including special agents, special agents, we need more government employees, to investigate criminal and administrative misconduct. That's right. On behalf of who? The border agents. So the border agents are going to have Government officials looking over their shoulder, making sure that they ask the immigrants, uh, what's your preferred pronoun? Oh, and by the way, they do ask that right now. They're required to ask that by the Biden administration. So instead of worrying about who's coming over the border and whether or not they might be a danger to our society, no, they're worried about pronouns. Now, the bill does have some worthy measures. It's going to expand the number of judges Uh, for the immigration courts. That's a good thing. Mm, Or is it? (laughs) Because who gets to pick the judges? (laughs) Right? Do you you understand where this is leading? Um, We have to be extremely careful in expressing any interest as Republicans in what Biden has put forth as an immigration bill, because this is no protection for the United States nor its borders. So we're at a serious point right here. We got a historic number of migrants um, who have already come into the country illegally. We don't even know how many, really, we don't know. You hear 9 million, you hear 12 million, you hear 15 million. Uh, Everybody has a different number. The government's number is 9 million. So you know whatever they say is not true. (laughs) So uh, multiply that by whatever number you want to do. So the real issue, which has not been addressed, is... The Department of Homeland Security right now is using disaster relief funds. See, everything comes down to money. Everything. The reason why Biden is pushing this right now, because most people say, why is he pushing this now? He's pushing it because the Department of Homeland Security is running out of money. This was money that was available from the pan pandemic back in 2020. Part of the disaster relief program that was implemented in order to help those people who were still coming across the border, although there were much smaller numbers. Um, And it was put in effect by President Trump. Listen, this is so important for us to understand. Um, President Trump was looking to do something good to help our border patrol and our agents uh, and those people who were coming across the border at that time under his administration legally coming to the border, asking for asylum, getting background checks, finding out who they were, letting them in the country. Um, So he funded the disaster disaster relief program in order to help out the border agents. But since Biden took office, 
FEMA, who's in charge of the uh, disaster relief program, has diverted the money uh, to basically help illegals coming into this country get to cities around the nation. So Trump creates this fund in 2019. I, I, I want to show you this so you, you can understand. He funded it with $30 million, okay? When Biden got into office, immediately, one of the first things he did was he took that program uh, and he used it as a funnel and immediately requested more money into that fund. And it became the funding vehicle for all of the NGOs, the non-government organizations, and the Biden administration. How do you think they afford all these buses that they're busing people around the country? How do you think they afford the airplanes and the airplane rides that they're giving people around the country? How do you think they afford the food and the shelter and uh, the water, all these things that they're giving the migrants? It's all through this program. Let, let's put the chart up, okay? Here's the chart. Now, on that chart you, that you're looking at right now, uh, you see that the number started with you know a very reasonable amount of money. You can see what Biden did immediately. Jumped it up, 130 million. They jumped the money up into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? All in order to bring the migrants around the country and get them in different cities so that they can prepare these people to become Democrat voters in the future. So here's the lesson. When good people do good things, President Trump did a good thing. He wanted to help the people that were coming through the border legally. When good people do good things, evil will pervert it. And so we have the Biden administration using all this money to process his illegal agenda, uh, flooding America with illegals at all costs. But what's sad to me is these non-governmental organizations, uh, they're basically making tons and tons of money uh, all at the expense of the U.S. government. So the showdown is escalating as we speak right now. And the ramifications of this well, may not be what we're hoping for. See, I happen to see things a little bit differently. I, ho I hope you'll pay attention here. We can kind of maybe talk through this. Um, maybe some of you have some concepts or some ideas. You can email me. I'd love to hear it. Uh, but we need to be careful not to provoke the bear, the government. The government's like a mama bear, man. If we provoke the government, the government could do amazingly crazy things. Um, those who are pulling the strings of Biden right now, because we know he's he's just he's barely unable to put on his own socks. Right? Guaranteed, he doesn't. You know, somebody somebody does. Um, who's ever pulling his strings, like Obama and you know all these other um, one world cartel elites? Uh, they have plans. They have plans for 2024 already. Believe me, they have financial plans. They have things uh, in order to try to stop Trump from getting back in the White House. But this showdown right now, this is playing into, in my opinion, is playing right into the hands. Biden, his administration, and all these one-worlders. How? Well, if it drags out just a little bit longer, it would not be far-fetched to see Biden declare martial law so that the elections can be protected. That's the way it will protect the elections. And he will do it by basically saying all elections have to be done by mail-in vote or you know some temporary ballot boxes that they set up somewhere that they can stuff with all kinds of phony ballots. Um, and, and the media is going to give them cover. We know that. 
And most of the people in America are going to go, oh, yeah, oh, we got to protect ourselves, you know, and they're going to fall right in line. You know, the history of martial law gives the president the option to declare it. And he could declare it for, you know, like a short period of time, a couple of days. He could declare it for a week. <laughs> he could declare it for a year, two years, three years. That's right. Lincoln declared it. And it lasted from April 27th of 1861 until April 9th of 1865. I love this country way too much to see an escalation like that. Yet, we have to protect the sovereignty of this nation at all costs. The establishment is pushing uh, Never Nikki, uh, funding her uh, through, you know, all the Democrat uh, wealthy people around the nation, uh, all of the uh, well-known elites. They're trying to uh, push her to be like the spoiler for Trump. The courts are imposing all kinds of uh, unnecessary restrictions on President Trump and his ability to even speak. Uh, we've got courts uh, and we've got prosecutors going after President Trump and his family, uh, trying to get him imprisoned uh, so that you know he can't win the election. And now we have Biden pushing a problem that he could so easily, he could de-escalate this in a moment. We know it because Trump had the border secured. There were people still coming across, but it was controlled. It was orderly. We, we weren't shipping people around the nation. Biden could do that, at least if he was smart enough to gain you know some respect around the nation and probably win in the polls. But you see, their agenda is so much more important that they won't give in. They won't give up. They won't give an inch. History tells me they will be defiant right down to the last second if necessary. They'll evade the truth and the media will continue to give him and his administration all the cover that they need to break the system once and for all. So we need now more than ever to be people of prayer because uh, if we are to take action right now, um, we got to be sure we're on the right side. We, we've got to be sure that we have the right intentions in everything that's being done right now. Because in just a moment, something can happen. When you have fire in your blood, when you're excited emotionally, um, all the more now we need guidance. And the only place I believe we can get real guidance is from above, from God. I mean, when you look around the nation right now, who's, who's the, the voice of reason? Where is there a voice of reason? Where is there any voice of reason that's trying to calm the country down? There isn't one. I, I think we need to bow our knees, if you will, uh, and, and really look for divine guidance. Hey, Abraham Lincoln, he did it back then, during all what was happening. He was struggling to mend a tattered, broken nation crushed by the Civil War. And he issued what was called a day of humiliation and prayer. We call it today National Day of Prayer. And um, I, I want to read his declaration that day as I close this program today. And please listen to it. This is so vital, so important. He said this, quote, Whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, 
and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. And in so as much as we know that by his divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world. May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sin to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers and wealth and power as no nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. We need to pray, folks, so that we do not see an escalation of the sort that brought this nation to civil war not too long ago. This is Mike Kahlo for Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you, and God bless America.